0: Hi there, friend, and welcome to this week's episode of the RFWP where we are seeking truth and finding God's heart. I'm your host, Emily Lewis, and with me, my co-host,
1: Lois McNair. Hey. Hi. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. Before we get into anything, I have a quote this week.
1: You have we haven't quote. done a quote
0: in a while. I we do. We have
1: not done a quote in a while.
0: Mm-mm. Okay. But I have one.
1: All right. So this is
0: this is by I have no idea how to say his name, Callisto Swear. But it the quote is it is not the task of Christianity to provide easy answers to every question but to make us progressively aware of mystery. God is not so much the object of our knowledge as the cause of our wonder.
1: Oh, I love that last Mm -hmm. part. Wow. You know, and I love that because there's a, you know, I don't have it in front of me to like break it down and go, okay, how much of this is true? And, you know, but it just the, it's so much more than just knowing him. It's, it's the wonder of, of who he mm-hmm. is. Oh, and it's guy.
0: especially more than knowing about him.
1: Yeah. And I love yeah. the fact that it's, um, wonder is one of our words
0: exactly that's why i just had to put it on the rfwp <laughs>
1: yeah i know the rfwp is a lot of letters but <laughs> it's <laughs> it a is, mouthful it's a mouthful but just you know and it's a kind of a play we've said this before but it's kind of a play off of the rfp um but you know just the relational the faith talking about our faith in an honest transparent way um and then that the wonder and you mm-hmm. shared that tonight i love that yeah and then purpose so
0: yeah we're gonna do an episode on that soon too
1: we are we are yeah but not stay tonight. tuned
0: not no tonight. oh <laughs> what's your micro joy
1: uh okay my the micro joy that i really want to share i can't share online because it's just too it's wonderful but it's just too um i guess it's not appropriate for online <laughs> so before you're lighting your minds light go all there that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, just, that just probably went down a whole road that...
0: You did. You of. did.
1: <laughs> oh Edit that God. chunk out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. It needs to be spicy. You need to leave it in. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. So, I got... My, my micro joy was the fact that this past weekend... I finally got to um, go to a baby shower for my daughter-in-law for my son and daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with all the craziness and all the Marlo coming three months early and everything else like that, you know, just really had not had an opportunity to see Haley celebrated. So that was really mm-hmm. sweet this past Good. week to be able to mm-hmm. be up in Nashville with them and, And to see her get celebrated. so Mm -hmm. And by the way, Marlo update, she's doing really well. She's six weeks old now, but it blows my mind because she's six weeks old and yet she's not technically due for another six weeks almost.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
1: So, but she's growing. She's up to three pounds and 14 ounces as of today. So almost she is, she's almost, almost to double four. her almost double her birth weight, which is crazy. So anyway, so uh, everybody, thank you for praying for Marlo. Keep praying for Marlo mm-hmm. and Mom and Dad. And um, thanks.
0: Awesome! I love that you the way you said that. Just you got to see her celebrated because I mean they've already been through a lot, and she's already Haley's already an incredible mama. And been at it for six weeks.
1: So, yes, that's my micro joy. But I want to know what your micro joy this week is.
0: Mm-hmm. My micro joy is all the fall colors. I was talking to a friend this weekend about, would you have picked fluorescent yellow and put it on trees? <laughs> or like the, like the fiery color of red? Ugh, it's just incredible. I was taking pictures yesterday. And it's just gorgeous and amazing and stunning. So that's my micro joy.
1: I love that. You're going to have to send me some of those pictures because we don't get fall colors down here. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, Yeah, we don't. One, it never gets cold enough in the wintertime for there to be truly fall colors. And two, um, it just stays warm and warm and then if the trees <laughs> lose their leaves they just fall off and then palm trees don't change colors
0: <laughs> that's right <laughs> no they don't
1: and the rest of them i mean we get a little hint here and there they're a little yellow but nobody has like fall colors right you know yeah unless they spray paint their tree and they're faking it <laughs> sound bitter <laughs> do will be faking little. your
0: trees y'all
1: you'll <laughs> be faking your trees hey we talked about faking and posing a few weeks ago so if you haven't listened to that episode you need to go listen to it that's
0: right yep and did you see my shirt
1: i saw your shirt i like repping
0: merch yeah you
1: are. you are your little pink microphone and your i'm mm-hmm. not repping merch tonight
0: and the back of the says, I am repping says,
1: the fact that we were in St. Louis together.
0: Ooh, but that's I'm, fun.
1: But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not repping our merch. <laughs>
0: the back of this one says untwisting the narrative that you had printed. Nice. So, so if you guys are like, I want some merch, go to sisterseeker.com slash shop. And get yourself a t-shirt or a hat, maybe a onesie that says Microjoy.
1: <laughs> hey, I gave the the onesie that you had made for Marlo. I gave that to Haley this past weekend. Fun. So Marlo has her little Microjoy onesie that she could still probably float in, but. <laughs> yes,
0: she'll get there
1: but it's perfect. Micro joy for a micro preemie. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So what are we talking about today?
1: Uh, Decisions, decisions, decisions.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So have you heard how many decisions people make in a day?
1: No, I haven't, but I do know that there are days where I feel calm about it, and then there are days where, like, if I have to make one more decision about something, I'm going to just start beating my head into the wall.
0: hmm Yeah. My <laughs> brain is done. I am done. I'm going to check out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. So I looked it up because um, I couldn't remember the exact numbers, and they said moms make a thousand decisions in a day.
1: Oh, that That's hurts a lot my brain. <laughs> I know.
0: But then another study said, are you ready for this? Another study no. said 35,000 like conscious or unconscious decisions that our brains make every single day.
1: I can't even wrap my head around that. Like 35,000? No. I guess in your subconscious mind, like even when you're right. sleeping and stuff, your brain is Yeah, that's a thousand
0: an hour. A thousand every 50 minutes
1: in a day. (laughs) 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 Maybe there's 35 hours in your day because you have four girls age five and under at home, but there are not 35 hours
0: in my day. No, I don't have 35 hours.
1: How how well did you do in math in school?
0: <laughs> oh man, not my strong suit. Yeah, yeah. And
1: somebody who math is their strong suit, they're sitting there going, "Well, there's twenty four hours a day, so you've got thirty five thousand decisions And it. Thirty five. That means that there's you know blah 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 point two threes. So, yeah, that's not me.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no,
1: <Nope>. I cried. <laughs> I cried through algebra t- until I got kicked out of class. So.
0: I made it through algebra one. I made it through the first half twice.
1: (laughs) Wait, you made it through the first half twice or you took it twice and made it through the first half the second time?
0: I don't know. How does it work? My mom let me do it again like the next year. So is that taking it twice? And she just wanted me to get as much as I could out of it.
1: And how's that working for you?
0: Uh, my my kids handed me the, like, what's it called? The, the special calculator, like Texas Instruments, mm-hmm. special calculator. And I was like, oh, I don't remember how to use all these buttons. But they thought it was a really cool cell phone. And <laughs> it was functioning better as that. <laughs> They were like, what does this do? Like, I don't remember.
1: (laughs) Wait, are we going to talk about decisions tonight? Are we just going to keep reminiscing about how bad we were at (laughs) math? I
0: guess we should get into it. Uh Uh-huh. I think that's what people are here for. Give the people what they want.
1: Give the people what they want. All the people. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, like and subscribe. (laughs) We need to do surpass. It. We need to surpass the church split. Um, as as long as it took them to get a certain number of subscribers, we we want to beat them. It's a challenge. So we need your help.
0: Mm-hmm. We, need we really you. do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to decisions. Wow. That's a lot of decisions a day. It makes my brain hurt. Mm-hmm. But I want to know what your background was. In making decisions growing up. Specifically, I think the influence of the church.
0: Right. I think the decisions, it was almost like just read your Bible and pray and you'll just kind of know what you should be doing. And it will just be this, I don't know, God will tell you what to do, but like no practical way to follow it. Just read your Bible and pray was always the answer. But like, which is not, okay, not how do necessarily
1: I... a bad answer because no there is truth in that answer. Um, but uh, just with church in particular, I think there are a lot of different ways that people have been taught the best way to make a decision. And then there are, are ways that people have been caused to fear making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's kind of what we want to talk a little bit about tonight um, and just kind of maybe take a little bit of that, that burden off. Mm. It's not a magic formula. I'm so glad you said that way. But there mm-hmm. are ways that you know, that we can be more um, in tune as we make decisions.
0: Yeah, I'd like to address the fear that you mentioned because in this process of learning to hear God's voice and heal my relationship with him, one of the things that he has been working to heal in my life is my ability to make decisions. And one of the reasons decisions were hard was that fear? The fear of getting it wrong.
1: Okay. I was going to say, what so, were you afraid of? But.
0: Right. And not just fear of getting it wrong, but when it came to big decisions, like what if I screw up my life forever? Or if I go down this way, will it be like I won't ever be able to get back to, you know? God's will, or will he be, you know, well, I've gone too far if I make this wrong decision. So there's this, like, paralysis involved with making decisions. Yeah, so So you
1: said the fear of getting it wrong, um, missing basically God's will for your life, just like this one, you know, perfect... Will like you're trying to hit the center of a target. Um, <laughs> and and I think a I think a lot of people who were raised in legalistic, making sure that do you do everything right and check off all the boxes, um, God's perfect will for your life versus God's permissive will for your life versus, you know, um god's best uh and you won't ever have god's best it it puts people in a position that if i make the wrong decision i'm going to put my life on the wrong trajectory for the rest of my life and like you said i will never be able to get back um it'll never be my story will never be redeemable and i'm like right so we get one chance we get one shot and if we mess it up if we make the wrong decision then you're, you're walking like in a parallel version of God's will for your life. And it's, it's just tolerable, but you don't actually get the best thing. So. Yeah. 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 <sighs> uh, well, um, for those that are in situations where they're still afraid to make decisions uh, what advice would you give them like how has that been being redeemed in you in your life
0: I think I just want to give you permission to have fun and make mistakes Uh, try I mean you could go so far as like try to fail today try to make like just make (laughs) decisions I mean there are people that do that like did you fail today? They ask their kids that and their kids are like, yeah, this blah, 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 I failed today. And it's just like this thing where they, like, it's part of their family culture to make a mistake. But one of the things that I've been doing is just making quicker decisions, like not, not overthinking it. Like this is yeah. going to be the end of everything.
1: Right. Uh so I want to jump back to the kid thing for a minute because I think that's super, super important because I was raised in an environment where I didn't feel like I could make any mistakes, like I couldn't do anything wrong. So it, it thwarted this whole perception of perfectionism, approval-oriented, performance-oriented, everything had to be right. And then it gives you a sense of, guilt when something doesn't go right or you make a poor decision, but you have to portray that you made an okay Mm. decision. And then it just is, ends up not being a healthy situation at all. And you don't have a good rapport or a good relationship with your parents where you feel like you can, can be completely transparent. Hey, I messed up. I made a mistake. You know, can we talk? So, um, Talk to that a little bit about allowing our kids to say, hey, I failed or ourselves when we make decisions based on.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, so I love that you phrase that when we make decisions or when we fail, like when we're talking to our kids or to ourselves, because that same that same critic that would come at our kids. Why did you do that? Is. Yes, sometimes we are harsh towards people where we give ourselves grace, but sometimes we're harsh on ourselves too. We're like beating ourselves up. Why did you make that decision? I can't believe. Oh, and it's that same inner dialogue, that same like harshness, that um right, I don't know, nastiness. And if at all possible, that first reaction, if it can be, if you can't empathize yet. But just, oh, thank you for telling me is mm-hmm. a lot of times my very first response. Just thank you for telling me. And we might have to have a conversation about the consequences of it. But mm-hmm. just being thankful that they came to me and said something.
1: Yeah. I think that's super important for those who have children, um, whether they're adult children or You have littles or you have teenagers. Um, I think that's important. Well, let's turn this a little bit because we, I want to focus in on um, decisions of what God would have us do and just kind of Mm -hmm. what scripture says about that. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of people, uh, not a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of people because in certain environments, church life, a lot of people were raised thinking that that the pastor made the decisions and the pastor had a direct line to what God wanted for somebody, and they could not make a decision personally for something major in their lives if they didn't run it by their pastor first, because the pastor knew best. <laughs> Does you know, I know there's mm-hmm. got to be somebody yes. out there that had to deal, had to deal with that because I've heard it a lot from people that are recovering from being in heavy fundamental fundamentalist churches.
0: Right. Huh. So this makes me think of uh, that I used to do this with my husband. Have I shared this on the air before? Because I've shared it with you.
1: I I don't think you've shared it on the air before. And maybe, you know, even if you have, it, it could be on an episode that, you know, whoever's listening yeah. to this episode didn't hear that. So, yes, please share that.
0: Okay. So, for lack of a better term, it's basically taking responsibility for your own decisions. Because I was looking to my husband to make certain calls for me and be like, yes, we can do that. Or, yes, no, you can't do that stuff like that. There was a decision, I mean, a friend texted me, he was like, hey, can you help so-and-so? I was like, sure, I can give so-and-so a ride. And I asked my husband, he's like, well, I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just text her and say, you told me I can't. And he's like, no, you're not going to, you're not going to t- say that I said that. And I was like, well, that's true. I want to, and you told me not to. And he's like, then you should do it if you think you're supposed to do it. And I was like, whoa I should make that decision like it's not just you to tell me what to do all the time anyway so that was a huge point for me in realizing that it was up to me to make those decisions and not always just be looking to him to make every silly decision that he gave me the agency Mm -hmm. that I felt like I didn't have from church was huge
1: yeah And that wasn't really that long ago that that that, that realization came to you. Um, And I think about that and how many women, and honestly, men as well, because we've heard stories from men about how they've been stuck in a situation because they were still trying to impress or please their pastor, and so they would hold Mm -hmm. off on a decision based on that. Or if a female wanted to make a decision, well, you can't have permission to do that until you ask your husband. Then if your husband says yes, or then your husband can come to me and I can tell you. Which, if you're listening and you weren't raised in that type of legalistic environment, um, we know it sounds like a cult. Because <laughs> it is. I mean, yes, it is. there is no other way to to put that. Um, now I was raised with a very strong mom, so that didn't really fly much in our house anyway, which I'm thankful for. Um, and anyway, but that's on a, but that's on another note, but yeah, just like, I don't know. It's going to sound really foreign to people who were not raised that way, but for those of you who were raised that way. Um it's it's like uh trying to put them back and I know we've mentioned this before, but like um going to the high priest <laughs> to, mm-hmm. you know, absolve your sins or whatever. And we have a direct line to the father who helps us make our decisions. So anyway, I know it kind of took yes. a second to get there, but I <laughs> I do I do want to focus on that. For a few minutes. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um, we've known the verse. A lot of you know the verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And um, so I want to hit that for just a second. If I can find it. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him And he will make straight your paths or um, some versions say in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of verses in Proverbs that talk about um, wisdom and decisions and making our paths straight. Um, And I think that in the Christian world, we complicate it way too much. We complicate it. Yeah, we do. Uh, we make it harder than than it should be because we've been, you know, a lot of people were taught this to know exactly what God, and we've talked about God's will before. And like this, you know, big thing that it, it's hard to catch. You know, like God's sitting there with the fishing pole, with the dollar at the end of it, like the commercial is like, ooh, got to be faster than that. You know, like, mm, yeah, that is not <laughs> how we find God's will. And then you got a good
0: visual for
1: you. <laughs> you got uh, Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. You know, he's mm-hmm. there. He's watching us. He's, you know, um, Proverbs 11, 14, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes me think of James verses 1, or chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, where it talks about asking God for wisdom. And it mm-hmm. talks about how liberally – or generously, he gives wisdom. Because like you said, is it, is it like over here? Oh, wait, is it over here? Oh, I'm not fast enough. No, he is not trying to withhold it from us. And sometimes we act like it's this. And sometimes sometimes it isn't clear and we are to sit still and get quiet and listen and tune in and cut the noise. But he is trying to generously give us that wisdom and that no. direction.
1: Yeah. And for those of you that want that reference, it's James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, um, let him ask of God who gives, like you said, generously or liberally. Um, Mm -hmm. Proverbs uh, 15, 22, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um. And the reason I give those verses is because, and 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 that I feel like we complicate. Um, and I'm trying to get to another thing on my phone. Um, that we we tend to complicate decision-making now i realize that there are heavy heavy decisions that people have to make um i'm not talking about those critical in the moment you know we had to make a decision when my dad passed away do we leave him on life support do we unplug him Uh, you know i we're, I'm not making, we're not making light of those decisions at all, as far as complicated, because there are heavy, heavy decisions, and we understand that. Um, but several mm-hmm. years ago, Bobby and I went through a study by Henry Blackaby. I've actually been through it twice, and people may know this study, but it's Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And and like I said, there's earlier, like, there's not a magic formula um, in decision-making, but scripture does give us a lot of guidance when it comes to making decisions. Um, one of the things, you know, he talks about it as the seven realities of, um, to help, you know, God by experience and decisions in our lives bring about experience, right? And sometimes because of another experience, we will or will not make a decision one way or another. But Henry mm, I love that. in his book says, God is always at work around you. That's the first truth. God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. <clears throat> so first we have God. God is always at work around us. He's just asking us to join him. So sometimes when we're like, "Oh, do I make this decision to step into, you know, to become a missionary or or do this or do that?" God's at work. <laughs> and if we're if we're leaning towards him and allowing his pursuit of that relationship with us, we're not going to just all of a sudden make some crazy wrong decision. Three, God invites us to join him in his work. Four, God Mm -hmm. speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and believers to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. He uses, in scripture, he even uses ungodly kings for his purpose. And for walking us Mm -hmm. out in those decisions. Um, And then uh, number five, he says, let me get to the next screen. um, God's invitation for us to join him um, can lead to a crisis of belief. um, That requires faith and action. So we're talking about the bigger decisions here. Sometimes it leads us to a crisis of belief. Like, do you really, you really want me to do this? And are you really, am I really supposed to step in here? And, and um, but he's always there. We might have to make major adjustments in our life to join him in what he's doing. Um, and then the last one, you come to know God by experiencing God as you obey him. And he accomplishes his work. Through you, So here mm-hmm. this is talking a little bit more about like the bigger decisions about what to do in life. Um, maybe right. not necessarily the daily decisions. But mm-hmm. I love the fact that, and I do believe this, and I know some pe- people don't believe that the Holy Spirit still speaks to us, <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit does speak to us. And if you've been raised in a situation where that's been, misused or abused i can understand why you would have pushback on that um if you've been in a situation where um church leaders manipulated the terminology or the phrase god told me to tell you um you know
0: it's so bad
1: i mean there have been times where I have felt very, very impressed by the Holy Spirit to walk over to somebody that I didn't know and just pray over them. And just, I just want you to know God loves you. And, you know, you can speak life into people and I'm not negating the times that, you know, something was shared with me um, that I just feel like the Lord wants me to tell you you know, such, and we have the Holy Spirit living in us. So we're either going to feel an immediate connection, the Holy Spirit as a believer, or we're going to have a check in our spirit, you know. Um, I know I'm kind of getting on (laughs) a a different thing, but when we're talking about making decisions, those things are important, you know, to know what the Holy Spirit is sharing with us.
0: Yeah. So, on that kind of same line, I guess I have some practical things, too, that I think people know, but sometimes we forget. So that one of the things is prayer is huge, asking God, but also not just talking, being still and listening back, mm-hmm. you know, listening mm-hmm. for that. Because we, we treat prayer like God's voicemail a lot of times or like God, like we're the only one's talking and we don't give him space to speak back so prayer and being still and of course getting counsel
1: mm-hmm.
0: are huge when we're making those those big decisions
1: right and scripture if scripture is what we believe that it is and it is alive and well in its you know the sword and that every time you open it, it is still God's word and it's speaking to you, then yes, we need to be in God's word in those decisions. Yes.
0: I guess I skipped that one, didn't I?
1: <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just jumping in with it. Um, And the, the counsel where Proverbs is talking about wise counsel and stuff, oh, obviously we have to choose, wisely, (laughs) the people (laughs) that we counsel with, um, in a situation where, Hey, I'm just, um, praying about this, thinking about this kind of feeling the Lord leading me in this direction. You don't, you don't want to fall into a few traps. You don't want to fall into the trap of um, I want to go to somebody that I know is going to agree with me because maybe there's a little check and I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to do this, but if I go to so and so they'll agree with me and then I can do this. Or you don't want to fall into the other trap where you, um, already know what God's asked you to do and you're going to mm. go because there's still a part of you that needs mm. man's approval. If God's yeah. asking you to do it, if he's saying, hey, let's do this, you don't need man's approval to do that.
0: Nope.
1: You know, sometimes even yeah, the most well-meaning people will discourage you to do what God is calling you to do.
0: Right. Oh, that's so good. I have a question for you. Oh
1: I'm no. I'm curious if you ever heard
0: this, <laughs> but uh, I'm curious how you would kind of take it apart. Too So the back to like the fear in decision making, like mm-hmm. the analysis paralysis kind of decision. And I heard this saying that if the devil can't hold you back from doing what you're supposed to be doing, he'll push you out past God. Did you ever hear that?
1: No, not in that, not in that phrase. I haven't heard that like that. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you have to say, say that one more time. I Process that.
0: If the devil can't hold you back from doing what you're supposed to be doing, he, he will just push you out too fast, out ahead of God. And it was a way, it was absolutely used as a spiritually manipulative thing was to keep people to say, stuck.
1: That yeah. sounds it was super, to... super manipulative. Super manipulative. Yeah. Because, first of all, First of all, for a believer who has accepted Christ as their savior and the finished work on the cross and, and they have Christ in their life, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, alive and well, breathing, and um, Satan can only do what the father has allowed him, you know, like, uh, Job, Satan asked to sift Job pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, but Satan, he has, he does not have power over us that we don't allow him. He doesn't have a foothold on Mm -hmm. us unless we allow it. He doesn't have a stronghold on us unless we allow it. If, if quote unquote, Satan can push us past God, one we're negating the work on the cross and two that's our own attitude and decision where we've allowed ourselves to be pulled there but satan can't mm. ever push us past god that's that's a decision that we make based on who we're listening to does that make sense
0: that's good it was it was so spot on his i think i still I I think we can rush things. Like we can be like, okay, God, we want this now. And maybe we can push things into place that aren't, you know, we can force things to happen that maybe aren't ready to happen yet. But to live in that fear keeps us stuck and keeps us from growing and changing and making the mistakes.
1: Yeah. I think the fear – learning from them. Yeah. I think the fear from that – and sure, we can – not be patient and wait on what God has for us. That's easy for any of us to do when we, when we get selfish or when we get in the flesh and we're like, we make a plan and we're like, <laughs> okay, God bless yep. what I've already decided to do. Sure. Yes. We can all do that. But I think the fear for some comes in from the fact that um <laughs> Like if we make the wrong decision, if we make a poor decision and, you know, we end up taking a path we really don't need to be taken and maybe it's just a business decision or this or that, um, it doesn't mean that at the end of that path, as we make the realization of it and move over that God's sitting there going, I I told you, you see, I told you, you know, and now you're going to have my second best the rest of your life because, you know, so, yeah. Um. It's mm-hmm. it's it's extremes, but
0: yes. Anyway, it is. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm, but people, I'm glad people you spoke into
1: that. People make decisions all the time. You look at uh, you look at Ruth in Scripture. Ruth intentionally made the decision to go with her mother-in-law to go with Naomi. Mm-hmm. She yeah no. What was on the other side of that? She didn't know that that story was going to be used to remind us that we have a kinsman redeemer, you know, um, by, by the, the story of, of Boaz. She didn't know any of that. She made a decision that I believe obviously was influenced by God's sovereignty in her life because she wasn't a believer But Mm, mm -mm. she chose to say to Naomi, I want your God to be my God. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And she made that decision, you know, by God drawing her to himself. Mm -hmm. But I think where people get stuck in the decisions is that, like you said earlier, um, here's the deal. And we've talked about God's will before a little bit. I believe if we're sitting in that, that God pursues and continually, I love how Henry Blackaby words it, he continually pursues a love relationship with us. It's not like he pursued us. Okay, you're saved. Okay, I got you. I got to go take care of somebody else. (laughs) He continually pursues us. And if we're walking in that, if we're resting in that, and that continual pursuit of a relationship with him and his relating with us, mm-hmm. then those daily decisions, we're, we're already, we're already in the thought process that we, that we want to walk well with the father. We're not going to make some huge left-turn janky decision. It just, that's not how our relationship with him works. So, right.
0: And like you said, we're going like to make,
1: we're going to all m- kinds of decision conversation tonight, but
0: um, yeah, it is kind of, uh, a friend of mine started doing this in her daily life as she was, you know, trying to get more in tune with God's voice. She would, in, you know how we talk to ourselves throughout the day we're like, oh, okay, what should I do next? Or what should I have for lunch or, you know, what, like, should I go there first or should I, oh, should I wait till tomorrow? And she started directing those questions to God instead of inward, just mm-hmm. as an, as an outward, like, okay, I'm going to remember and almost pretend because at first it might feel funny, like, are you Sure. But start asking those questions towards God instead of towards yourself and watch him guide and direct and answer you as you allow him to.
1: Yeah. So I want to ask you a question. Okay. What do you, what do you say to the Christian who has either been so manipulated growing up or has not been allowed to make their own decisions, even as an adult, um, feeling like they would be completely judged for this decision or that. What do you What do you say to um, someone who's trying to heal from that, and someone who's trying to learn what it means? to hear God's voice for yourself because I know that's something you felt like you walked through to just begin to hear from the Lord for yourself.
0: Right. Another thing, like I said at the very beginning, when everything's pretty cut and dried and there's a formula and there's like, you just read your Bible and pray and you follow this list and like everything falls into place. Right. Um, You feel like you don't even know how to access getting your questions answered or making those decisions for yourself. Um, You might not even know what you prefer or like. Um, That's something that's kind of a side note, a rabbit trail, but something I mentioned to you, like what do you even want to do? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're allowed that. And sometimes we act like we're not even allowed that and we get into like What's the term? Asceticism? Is that the right word? Yeah. Where you, like, you act like you're Girl, not allowed to enjoy that's anything.
1: Above, that's above my pay grade, so I'll have to look that <laughs> word up after.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, know that you're allowed to enjoy something. You don't have to pick the, like, the hardest one. Because I remember mm-hmm. feeling like that. Okay, the hardest one must be more holy or something. Mm. But in healing... Back to kind of your second question about healing your um, ability to hear the Holy Spirit's voice for yourself. Like I said, talk to him or I meant I made a comment about leaving God a voicemail and that I got from a friend named Katie Noob and she also does this same practice where she journals her prayers out. And as you're praying, maybe in italics or in cursive, write what you think God is answering back to you. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like a spiritual practice. We, we build that little muscle that feels yeah. so weak and start to hear God's voice instead of just putting it out there. Did I answer the question?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think just to go roundabout um, way. Yeah, but each person i think i think our whole episode tonight has been a little bit roundabout um in the decision making but if i if i had to like put it in a nutshell it really does go back to just a few verses and again i understand that there are decisions that are just man Extremely difficult and decisions like I hope that I never have to make again or some of them I hope I never ever have to make.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: But I I do have to say, you know, like I said, it's there's not necessarily a formula or a magic, but there is a. Seeking him, allowing him to continue to pursue the relationship with you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and not leaning on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. So really, whether it's a small decision that you're hesitant about or it's a larger decision, going to the Lord first, that's what we're called to do. We have a tendency to humanly go to each other first. And then as a last resort, pray. Mm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do.
1: You know, um, but in the little dailies, if you're walking with the lord um trust that he is impressing upon you the right decisions right uh,
0: what you said about um like that trusting trusting him it makes me think of gen- in Genesis where Abraham is told to go out and he went out not knowing. Like he left and he right. didn't have all the answers. And the the biggest nugget of wisdom that I got from a series on making decisions uh, that Carrie Schmidt preached was that if the answer in front of you was 100% like, You knew how it was going to turn out. You were, I mean, not, sometimes we just are confident and we have absolute peace. But if every decision was like that, where would our faith be? Because our faith, we don't have faith blindly. We have faith that's mixed with the, oh, I hope this is the right decision. This faith in this is what God is telling me to do, but I don't know how this is all going to turn out. And that's where the trusting comes in is where we don't have all the answers. And even the people around us might not have all the answers to give us because we're just following God.
1: Right. And on that note, there's two things when you said the people around us may not have all the answers. For those of you that have been raised in environments where you were told that the people around you your church leaders or whatever have all the answers. Mm. I'm just going to tell you that they don't have some special seat on some committee somewhere for God where they get all the answers first and then they impart (laughs) them to you. It, It doesn't work that way. Each one of us as believers, it's a part of the priesthood of the believer, you know, And so even in decision-making, it's based on that personal relationship with the Lord. So seek him first. Seek him while he may be found. Solomon asked for wisdom. So just talk to the Lord. Kind of struggling this decision, you know. But then don't be afraid to go ahead and act on the decision. I mean God may give you two or three or four different opportunities that are all is equally um a blessing from him or will be a blessing to him and bring glory to him and it's not like you have to go oh no you know if I what if I choose door 1 and it's door 3 like the old you know <laughs> the old right yeah uh, yeah yeah the price is right you know like Oh, you know, in door one, you end up choosing door three, but door one was the the brand new, you know, Escalade and door three, you know, was the you open it and it's like, you know, a clown car. That's not how God works.
0: (laughs) Right. Mm Hmm, That's good. That's a good word.
1: Wow. We have just kind of really weaved a path of decisions but I, I pray that there's um, a few nuggets that you can just take away that will mm-hmm. allow you to rest in the decisions that you're making with the Lord that will allow you to not have fear in the decisions that you make that he's put in your life and um, and just to realize that as a believer, God is at work, like Henry Blackaby says, God's at work all around us. And he's asking us to join him in that work. Whether it's a walking across the street and and loving on your neighbor by, you know, giving giving them something that you feel like would bless them. Yes. Or the yes. major move across the United States of America or to another country. He's guiding us in all of it and, you know, doesn't want us to fear that. Um, He wants us to trust, you know, like, like tonight we had to decide if we were going to keep (laughs) recording because we kept having technical issues and it was cracking me up. It was so bad. It was so bad. And there might even be some glitches. So you're just going to have to bear with us but we were like (laughs) what do we do you know what do we do do we do we record another night or we just keep plugging through and then just got tickled because we're like we're literally having to make a decision on the episode where we're trying to talk about decisions so maybe if the episode came across a little ADHD it's It's probably my fault.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, we are going to stand firm on this. It was the tech's fault. It is always, you can always blame the technology.
1: But let me just encourage you as we close. um, We can all make decisions um, irrationally, we can all make emotional decisions. We can all make decisions based on our pride, you know, getting in the flesh about something. Please give yourself grace in those moments. And then, you know, let's just encourage each other, honestly, to, to do better the next time. You know, that next decision, go to God first. Pray about it. Go to scripture if you need the counsel of friends, make sure it's a healthy group of people um, and not just somebody that's right. going to tell you what you want to hear. Or, you know, so even though there's not a formula, there is a formula because mm-hmm. God wants what's best for you. And He has given us a mind and a will. And a spirit um, to walk in the decision-making with him, whatever mm-hmm. we're deciding in our lives, whether it's a big yes. thing or a small thing.
0: Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I want to repeat what you just said. God wants what's best for you. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I think a lot of us are like, does he really? He really, really does. Oh, well you really does that's
1: hard sometimes that hard that's hard when you're walking through traumatic things you're like really yeah. you want what's best for me because I'm not feeling that vibe <laughs> you know yeah but that that's really a, an a, an entirely different topic about evil being in the world and that's not what God intended initially and yes he knew we were gonna choose Poorly at the beginning, but um, like I said, that's a whole that's a whole different episode. But yes, yeah, God does want what's best for us, and He's not gonna hit you over the head with a baseball bat if you make the wrong decision. He may get your attention, lovingly nudge you, you know, little bumper car action, but. Um, he does scripture even says if God is for us who can be against us now I understand that in the context that was for a specific thing but the truth of the verse still stands he is for you he does want you to make wise decisions and if you're walking with him don't make it more complicated than it is
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And before we go completely, we have our sponsor to shout out for this week's episode, which is Josh over at Lootbox Creative. He has a team of experts with decades of experience in creating multimedia for ministries. And their system allows any sized church to step into multimedia ministry without spending tens of thousands on creative staff and gear, helping them to steward their congregation's money wisely. And he says it's not about being trendy, it's about meeting people where they are at. It's about hitting culture head on and redeeming it for a worthy message. So if your ministry or your team needs some support in that area hit up josh over at lootbox creative and he can set you up with some amazing stuff
1: i love that thanks josh
0: yep and to all of our listeners hope you have an awesome week thanks for hanging out with us
1: yes and make the best decisions (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)